Hi everyone, it's Shakti Durga, and welcome to this episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Each episode is going to feature some of the highlights from live trainings, retreats, online classes, and presentations that I've done around the world. If you find value in it, please text the link to the podcast to a friend or share it with your networks. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Namaste. Life is like a university for self-mastery. When we're working on the achievement of self-mastery, the hallmarks that we're going to talk about, of which there are 12, are ways where we can have a different experience of life to what we might be used to, a better experience of life. Think of a difficult person, someone that just drives you a bit mad sometimes, and as an experiment, what I want you to do is think loving thoughts about that person for a month. Just focus on their good points, and even if you have to scratch your head and really search for them, I bet you anything you can find some good points around that person. What if you deliberately treat that person as if you like them? This is going to be different to how you probably usually come across to that person and the vibe or the energy that you bring across is going to be of a very different caliber. Usually in conflict situations, we're reacting to each other and if someone's in pain or they're defensive and they don't treat us very well, usually we give as good as we get and tempting as that is, actually it just really makes things worse. It escalates things. So from the point of view of spiritual mastery or self-mastery, we don't want to be escalators. When things are difficult, our journey as people who are practicing self-mastery is to take a deep breath and center ourselves and project what it is we want to engender in the situation. Things like patience, the knowledge that Everyone makes mistakes sometimes and we say the wrong thing, we act inappropriately Um, and what we want to do is try and understand the other person's point of view because often there's something in what they say even if they're not saying it very skillfully and it's a bit incomprehensible because of the amount of anger or whatever it is that overlies what they're saying and stops us from being able to really hear them. When I practiced family law very early on in my career as a lawyer, I used to be amazed when two people who'd loved each other enough to get married were then in the divorce courts and they could not find anything nice to say about each other. And I thought, what a shame they didn't know some of these principles of self-mastery because it could be they could have avoided being in the divorce court to start with. Unfortunately, back then, it wasn't my role to talk about things like this. But if they'd learnt to communicate with each other uh, in, a, in a friendly and kind-hearted way through the principles of spiritual mastery, then the journey that they would have with each other, particularly if children are involved uh, moving forward over the years, would be a very, very different situation and contribute to bringing peace to the earth, don't you think? So if you look hard enough, no matter how someone's treated you, there will be something in that person that is agreeable or something that you can admire about that person. might only be one little thing and they might not show it very often, but if you look, you'll find it. And what we focus on grows. 
So if you can shift your experience of the person, often you can shift the way you experience the person uh, in all kinds of practical ways and they will seem to be different. And you might even start feeling love or compassion for these people and that's the beginning of mastery. Even after graduating through a particular relationship, they can still press your buttons and that's just showing us that there's some buttons there to be pressed. And so just say, look, I'll get back to you about that and become calm and centered before you talk to them again and then discuss whatever it is you need to discuss. Mastery is not about living your life in an ivory tower with no challenges. It's actually about how we meet the challenges and our loving kindness and skill throughout even the most difficult situations and interactions. That's actually the hallmark of mastery. Let's think about tests, spiritual tests. Often they're not what we think they're going to be. When we're presented with a challenging situation in our life, of course we want to find a solution. And we think, oh, if I just get this right, then we're going to win the day. The universe will be on my side. Well, I don't think that's actually accurate. The universe, your higher soul, it's interested in learning. It's not actually that interested in winning. And sometimes we actually learn more from failure and it's the learning that the soul's interested, not the result. As a general rule, souls are interested in the process of our lives, whereas the ego is interested in the worldly results of our lives. I'm not advocating failure as a spiritual path, but I'm just pointing out that we can sometimes fail forwards in life and discover a lot of things along the way and become very enriched on a soul level and have valuable experiences that can set us up for greater success in our future and that we, from a perspective of self-mastery, can learn how to bring self-love, love for others and compassion into our lives in a bigger way than we have before. And from a mastery point of view, how much we're able to do that, whether things are going well or they're not going well, is really the mark of our mastery. So toddlers, little children, they know about this. They know that life is about the process more than it's about the result. If you've ever had uh, little children to look after, you'll know that they're more interested in feeding themselves than you feeding them. Even though half the food goes down their jumper or on the floor, um, they they want the process of feeding themselves. They want to learn how to do it. And they'll scream if you try and take that experience away from them. Similarly, trying to get little children in and out of a car. I do it, mummy. They don't want you to lift them in and out. They'd rather take 10 minutes to try and work out how to get in themselves. Frustrating at times if you're a parent, but it's the learning process and they know that. So sometimes it can be good to watch the little children and just see how they meet the world because their innocence, their playfulness and their curiosity I think, also feed into my concept of what it's like to lead a masterful life. It's a rich life. So even though our real tests in life might be invisible ones from a self-mastery point of view, for instance, how much love and compassion and caring could I bring into an interaction rather than did I win this battle? The degree to which we pass these invisible tests can really affect our future. Because like in life, the result we get in a particular test 
is going to have a bearing on the kinds of possibilities and opportunities that we will be available to later. We're planting amazing seeds for our future. And at the end of a degree that you might do at university, those who go the extra distance and really apply themselves get the pick of the jobs. Others who are just sort of scraping past, they have less choice in the kinds of opportunities open to them. They might turn out to be incredibly successful down the track. They just take a different path. And some people even go outside of the field that they originally chose in life. But spiritually, it's kind of similar. And every thought we think, every choice we make, every action we take will close some doors to us and open others. When you start being able to think kind thoughts about a challenging person, we start to open the door for them to exhibit that quality towards us more than they have in the past. So done regularly, this actually transforms our experience of that person. I know because I've I've seen it happen hundreds and hundreds of times. By focusing on their shortcomings, we open the door that allows the less attractive aspects of their nature to be graphically displayed to us in lots of unpleasant detail. If we pass a spiritual test, we go on to other things. It's like in the life of your soul, we ticked that box and now we can move forward and do something else. If we get a credit, like 65%, we passed it really well, then we might go on to bigger things. If we get a high distinction, we might progress to the level where we can affect lots about the life we're living, even nationally or internationally, we can have an effect on things. So where are you heading? Not where do you think you're heading, but where are you actually heading as a result of how you live your life, the quality of your thoughts, the quality of the emotional world you live in, how congruent with your objectives are the choices you make. You might want your partner to respect you, but do you respect you and do you respect them? If we want to achieve a particular thing, we need to focus on it rather than on all the obstacles that are in the way. I've found that it really helps to see yourself as very large and obstacles as small, that there's a way in which we can call our spirit back or take our power back from obstacles in our life and learn to be able to flow around the obstacles. I found that lift treatment can really help you to dissolve and disintegrate the thoughts that can be sabotaging your efforts and help you take responsibility for your own creations. And remember, you've only got to get life substantially right from a spiritual point of view for doors to open, great changes to come into your consciousness and your daily life. So in mastery, uh, people I've found in the world that have been very masterful, they know that every single person is perfect already. And really, if we want to change, it's because we just want our lives to be different. And the fastest way to achieve this change is change ourselves. Whether we pass or fail a particular test or initiation, if you want to put it that way, doesn't change our inherent good enoughness, our inherent perfection. Whether we can master sufficient inner resources to forgive, to love our 
enemies, as super powerful people can do, is immaterial to the fact that we're an expression of the Tao. We're neither our skills nor our shortcomings. We are consciousness. We are pure bliss, having a human experience so that we can develop certain aspects like compassion, love, happiness, faith, and so on. And we have a lot of lifetimes to work on our skills. Essentially, you don't have to become perfect because really, you already are. The universe is, in a way, like our examiner. It has a way of setting tests for us that are exquisitely exactly what we don't want them to be. And why is that? Because that's our personal learning zone and it's determined largely by the law of karma and the law of non-attachment. When we're attached to things, our happiness is conditional upon having them. When we're not attached, we can be happy anyway, and this allows grace to flow and the test will move somewhere else. There's no point having a test on something that you mastered years ago and that you're already good at. That would be like sitting a second grade exam in year 10. We're always being urged to learn and grow, and the learning zone will always be bigger than we are right now. It keeps pace with us. As we grow, our learning zone and our growing edges grow too. And this process, I think, continues the whole time we're alive. It can be fun and exciting once we get with the program. There's a natural balance between what we meet in our lives and the big picture of universal life and universal order. So if you take the time to just consider what are your strengths, what are your growing edges, what is it that you would like to improve within yourself, and what have you already mastered in this life? It doesn't mean you do it perfectly every single time, but maybe you do it perfectly 85 or 90% of the time when you're challenged. Be realistic about areas where there might be room for improvement. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Soul Talk. I hope the podcast has served you in creating a happier and more abundant life. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to connect with me, head over to shaktidurga.com.